Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule, you gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Uh, today, we're doing something a little bit different, and we are talking about the edible Pokemon and also the food of the new Pokemon games, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, Pokemon is a uh, video game franchise, uh, media conglomerate, uh, massive phenomenon uh, from Japan that has made waves uh, all across the world uh, over the past like 30 years. I've been a fan since I was a kid, where you collect cute and sometimes cool and terrifying monsters, uh, pit them against each other in battle, go on big adventures. It's, it's a lot of fun. If you're not familiar, I would highly recommend checking it out, uh, whether that's by watching the cartoon or picking up one of the games, maybe picking up the newest games, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, this is not sponsored content by any stretch of the imagination, although if Nintendo wanted to pay me, I would not say no. I love Pokemon. I love exploring Pokemon from the lens of food, <laughs> and uh, I think you guys will have a lot of fun with uh, our exploration of it today. Um, for a little bit of background on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the games that just came out like last week or two weeks ago, they're set in a new region of the Pokemon world called Paldea that's based pretty heavily on the real world's Iberian Peninsula, that is to say like Spain, Portugal, that kind of corner of Europe. Um, now, when we talk about you know, food from that part of the world, we are talking about food that has a lot of spices, food that has a lot of seafood, some kind of like vaguely Mediterranean influence, but also a lot of European influence. Uh, it's really interesting food culture that I would highly recommend checking out if you have any local restaurants that do that kind of stuff, whether it's Spanish or Portuguese. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to kind of explore that food through the lens of Pokemon's interpretation of that food. Uh, it's kind of like a weird, like double meta thing happening here in terms of our like culinary explanation but i think you will enjoy it and i think uh if you haven't ever had any food from that part of the world highly recommend checking it out because some of it is extremely delicious i suspect a lot of it is extremely delicious i just haven't eaten all of it so can't speak from personal experience but like paella big fan of paella get yourself some paella figure out how to spell it if you don't already know and then find some and eat it so today on the show, we are talking all about the edible world of Pokemon, which we have done before, uh, but we're doing it again because the newest installments in the Pokemon series, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, came out last week. And uh, while most of the internet has been freaking out about all of the incredible graphical glitches uh, programmed into the game, uh, I have instead been busy freaking out about all of the beautiful new species of Pokemon that they introduced. For the first time in many years, I'm feeling like I really like most of the designs in the this game. Uh, and I know that's that's controversial, but I'm here to 
do some controversy, I guess. If I have to be controversial about something, it's going to be that some Pokemon designs are better than others. And I think this generation is full of the good ones. Uh, And most excitingly to me, there are a ton of Pokemon based around food in this generation. And I don't just mean Pokemon who produce edible byproducts like milk and eggs. I'm talking about Pokemon whose entire designs are based around them being food. We have olives, we have chili peppers, we have a dog made of bread. It is a beautiful and complex world, and I'm very excited to dig into it today with our special guest, the one and only Cupcake Dex. Now, you have maybe heard Cupcake Dex on the show before. She's been here before with Teffer to talk about the fabulous edible world of Pokemon. Uh, But I figured, you know, we've got a new generation of Pokemon games here, so who better to bring in to talk about it than Dex? Uh, If you are not familiar with her work, you can tune into her Twitch channel every Sunday evening for awesome Pokemon-inspired baking and cooking streams. Whether you know Pokemon or not, like if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh man, I don't know anything about Pokemon, I still think you should tune into those streams because like you don't need to actually know Pokemon to appreciate tasty looking food and like tasty looking food that looks like cute monsters. You don't need to know what those monsters are to appreciate that they are cute and edible, right? (laughs) Like you don't have to actually know what something is to think it's cute and to enjoy it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you see something tasty on a menu, you're still going to order it, even if you don't know what it is. That's that's what food is. It's about exploration. It's about taking leaps into the unknown. And so is Pokemon. So w- without further ado, Dex, how you doing? It's so good to be here, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that I get to do this one with you this time. I, I think... Did I have COVID when you and Teffer recorded? Is that what happened? I have no idea. We just had a very lovely chat about poffins. It was very, very good. <laughs> yeah. You did miss out. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. You guys sounded like you had a lot of fun. And I, meanwhile, was like in the other room being miserable for one reason or another. So <laughs> glad to be here tonight. <laughs> so glad to be here with you. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to have you back. Uh, so yeah, before we dig into Pokemon, before we get to this week's featured food topic, uh, we always like to chat a little bit about the guests themselves before we start. Uh, so tell me a little bit about you and the food you like. You know, you've you've given us a bit of your history before, but what are you eating these days? What's, what's exciting for you? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Growing up, I had like the narrowest palate ever. I was a chicken fingers and french fries kind of girl. And sure. I'll be honest, I just got back from dinner with family and we literally did have breaded chicken and french fries. But there was also salad and some corn niblets. So... My family's come a long way. We call that growth. We call that growth. That's two different (laughs) kinds of vegetable on that plate. Three if you count the potato. It's really, it's it's really impressive when you get right down. Look, there there were some few veggies in the salad. It was really exciting. All right. So. Otherwise, uh, Miss Editor and I, my now fiance, uh, do like do a lot of cooking together. It's it's been a lot of fun. I love expanding my culinary horizons. I'm mostly the baker. She's mostly the cook. Sure. Um, and we're constantly just like learning from each other, apparently. And it's been just super fun. We love especially like Japanese inspired cooking, fusion type cooking. Uh. The other week, she made Tex-Mex bao buns, and they were phenomenal. Uh, And that's what I will just eat what she makes. And it's a very good time. And I like it very much. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, that's the best, right? When you and your partner can cook things that complement each other and that get each other excited, especially if it's like something that the other person 
can't make right because you're like i don't know i don't know about you but like i'm the opposite i am not really a baker but i am a pretty good cook so when someone bakes something i'm like oh hell yeah like this is this is like this is more exciting for me than when someone cooks something good like don't get me wrong people (laughs) cooking something good is also like i'm still going to enjoy it a lot because i didn't have to do it but like when they bake something there's like a magic to it where i'm like i don't know how you did this this is this is witchcraft like unless you baked it from frozen in which case like sure not witchcraft box instructions but like still a form of witchcraft yeah exactly that's it that's it how'd they get it frozen in there i don't know okay okay so yeah i mean i I said it a minute ago but congratulations on the engagement that's very exciting thank you so much it's a month we've been engaged now we've been together for 10 years and we're really excited 10 years that rules thank you have you like have you had to change dietary stuff at all since getting into that relationship because i feel like that's like a big thing for people right is like when you start to live with someone who you share meals with, things like shift a little. Oh, that's so funny. Kind of. Yeah. So growing up, I like grew up in a Jewish, a Jewish home, a kosher home. So everything was like meat and dairy was separated. Um, We didn't really bring like non-kosher meats into the house, except like if we had takeout, which we did like once or twice a week, sometimes like growing up, we ate off of the paper plates. Now it's it's a free for all. It's delightful. I love mixing meat and milk. It's very <laughs> sacrilegious and delicious, and I love it very much. We call I that sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. <laughs> There's no going back. I really. It turns out I really like pork. I really like bacon. She's dragged me to the dark side, and I'm not going back. You know, I I get it. I get it. I'm like I'm converting to Judaism these days, and like hey. I think. I heard a rabbi who I respect put it this way, that the ultimate expression of kashrut would be, like, veganism. (laughs) And unless you're striving for that, then, like, whatever feels like it is right for you and feels good to your heart and your body is also really good. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Mm. that works for me as someone who, like, look, I'm not, like, a huge pork person, but I'm not ready to get rid of pork, you know? (laughs) Don't blame me. <laughs> like I can't get rid of bacon, really. Although, although I do, I do have a, a hookup for very good beef bacon. Ooh, that, like, wait, what? Yeah. So a butcher friend of mine makes this bacon from brisket that, like, what? Yeah, <gasps> yeah. and it like it hits all the right notes without being pork, you know? And, like, that's the problem with, like, bacon alternatives is that a lot of the time it's just, like, a smoked meat that is sliced thin and maybe a little fatty, but it's not necessarily, like, bacony. But I think brisket mm. is kind of perfect for it. It's just, like, a little softer because it's, like, a more tender thing, you know, that it's it's such a nice, beefy... Ah, yeah. Oh, and and instead of getting, like, a hint of pork, you get a hint of beef. But, like, I don't know. I think I think it's... I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm I'm very interested. Color me very interested. I'll in see this. if I yes. can send you some. Oh, please. Because <laughs> like, and I, like, I actually don't have a problem with like turkey bacon. It's the only, or like, I, I think it's fine. I know a lot of people rag on it. I like, I have enjoyed it, but like, if you're going for bacon, like I get it. Most people are going to have your standard bacon. And you know, I'm not going to complain about that either, but like brisket bacon brisket bacon yeah i mean that's the thing right it's like i i don't abstain from eating pork but i will still choose brisket bacon over pork bacon because it's just better 
Dang. <laughs> All right. All right. You're going to have to hook me up. I'm that's, very intrigued. That's my hot take of the day. Brisket bacon <laughs> is better. <laughs> okay. You only get one though, right? You you know yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. this is your one hot take. Okay. Everything else I say today will be extremely bland and uninteresting. <laughs> I hope you're ready to provide toast. all of the content. Perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to decide what my one hot take is gonna be too. Perfect. We'll see. We'll see. Sounds good. Uh all right. Well let's get into it. Let's talk Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, two colors yeah. that end with let. That's what they went for this time. Uh, so <laughs> this this Pokemon game, like all Pokemon games, for those who are not initiated, they take place in a region uh, unique to this like generation of games that every region historically has been based on some part of the real world, at least a little bit. And this time around, it's based on kind of Spain, Portugal, Iberia writ large. And uh, a lot of the food... And a lot of the Pokemon in this generation are, uh, you know, based on food that is popular in that part of the world. Uh, so I was thinking we could go through the new Pokemon in this generation, maybe like one by one, and just talk about how we feel about them. Like, uh, not every single Pokemon, obviously, just the food ones. That's that's maybe an important <laughs> distinction. Just the most important ones. Exactly. Obviously. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but like when I play a Pokemon game, I play it specifically to like make teams that I like, you know, like I, I always, yes. I see the designs I like most and I'm like, I don't care how strong these actually are together. I don't really care if my team is balanced. I just, if I like the way these look, I'm going to make it work. Exactly. Oh, that's so funny. That's exactly how I like to play it too. Like, I don't know about the type balancing. I don't know who's actually good competitively, but like whose design have I found myself falling in love with that I'm just happy to look at and who also maybe doesn't suck too much. That's also preferable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's nice if they're good, but also if they're, mm. if they're cute and fun, that's more important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's let's talk about them. Uh, so, uh, you know, first off, first and foremost, uh, just going down the list here, uh, we have a Pokemon who uh, is not as delicious as his uh, brisket counterpart, Lechonk. Uh, Lechonk, Lechonk is a uh, pig Pokemon <laughs> who is based on the suckling pig or Lechon. Uh, what do you think? How do you feel about this guy? Oh my gosh, A plus, beautiful baby. Like the internet got so excited about this guy. I'm like, I cannot blame. He's adorable. He's perfect. He got them sad little intense eyes with the little ears just covering them. Big nose, perfect shape, shaped like friend. Maybe a bit like food also. He's so good though. He's yeah. so good. Well, that's it. And, and And he's got, I don't know if he's actually crying or if he just has like powerful lower eyelids but i really i like the design of a small round guy who looks a little like worried you know yeah oh, he's so cute that just seems to be like part of his face and like good for him yeah and a little little eyeshadow under the eye good for him oh i hadn't thought about it as makeup i'm into that <laughs> Um, now, what I find interesting about Lechonk is that uh, while he starts off as a Pokemon who obviously is destined to be roasted and eaten, if you let him evolve, he turns into uh, a Pokemon named Oinkolone, who uh, I, I guess is a like very fine-scented pig. I think I don't know much about him. I just just evolved him the other night, and he's so cute. There's a gender difference between like the the female and the male that's like I think it's mostly just in their face and I think the thing that defines them is that out of the tip of their little twirly tail there's like a little bulb that releases like a very nice pleasant scent if I'm not mistaken yeah that's right so cute yeah I'm into that I, I think there's something interesting about like 
it's only delicious while it's small, but then as it gets bigger, <laughs> it still has that that kind of aesthetic thing going for it. It's just like a, a different expression of that. So cute. <laughs> I I don't I have no notes. Just, and like there's like a little bit of an emo thing going on too with the ear covering the eye. It's very very cute. They really they hit the n- nail on the head with this one, or they hit the what am I saying? They hit the ball. They hit something. They hit the pig. <laughs> The they face. hit the pokeball on the poke head yes yeah of course, of exactly course. they ca- they caught me <laughs> with this one that's yeah all right apparently they're based on a black iberian pig of which i know nothing from the yeah. iberian peninsula yeah that's it well that's it so so the iberian peninsula obviously is uh like i think it's just spain and portugal but it may also in- encompass a little bit more beyond that i'm not 100 percent sure i'm not a geographer that's what wikipedia mentions so i'm going yeah. to say probably yeah i have no idea <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that looks right yeah so you know yeah. that that sort of like mediterranean and atlantic adjacent corner of europe yeah tasty food <laughs> and i think le champ also it, it's it's a type of suckling pig but i thought it was also like a type of roast pig or something? Am I totally off base about that? Uh, nope, you're right. So it's typically, <sighs> it's a piglet that's been fed with its mother's milk. So, you know, a, a piglet. Uh, and oh. then it's uh, slaughtered, typically, Wikipedia says, between the ages of two and six weeks. So like very, very young. And then they cook it whole. Whoa, super duper unkosher. Just unkosher <laughs> in every single possible way. Oh, And probably delicious. <laughs> probably incredibly delicious. <laughs> it's one of those ones where like, I I know it's frequently served like whole and and you know it's it's part of the presentation to be able to see it and it's one of those ones that I think I would have a lot of trouble eating if I saw it served whole but I would probably enjoy it mm. a lot if someone was just like yeah we make tacos out of this you don't have to see the pig I'd be like yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> I love that I uh, that 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 makes it a lot more doable. Or if you want to just take a step before without even getting into like eating le chonk, apparently they might also be based off of truffle hogs. So you could take them truffle hunting and get some beautiful mushrooms thanks to le chonk. There you go. Do you do you like truffle? Are you a truffle person? Oh, you can't pull me away from like any form of mushroom. But like the days where I have truffle, that's like so special. Oh my gosh. Yes. What is your favorite truffle application that you've had? Because I am going to be honest, I have not enjoyed truffle once yet. Every time I've had it, I've not liked it at all. But I think I just haven't had it in the right context. Like I'm going to keep trying it until I like it, you know? And uh, you have to keep trying. I'm trying to think of like, it's the the most recent one I can think of. Maybe it's a little bit cheating, but it's truffle salt. Oh my okay. goodness. Truffle salt. Uh, I need to get some. A friend introduced me. He just put some on a steak and like it just, it, the steak didn't need anything else. Sure. Also steak is delicious, but like, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was really good. I, I think for me, like, I have only had truffle in contexts where it, like, is maybe also paired with, like, really strong garlic. Ooh. And, like, it just doesn't do it for me. But I think that sounds good if it's, like, because mm. cause even if a steak gets, like, a little garlicky, like, I don't know, that that sounds right to me. Mm. I, I think know. he, he didn't, need, didn't even need garlic. It was yeah. so good. Just the, the It was literally just the steak and the salt. It was... Mm that good okay okay i can i think i could get behind that that's the thing i just need to i need to keep trying various applications of truffle until i get the one that works Mm -hmm. 
I encourage it. I encourage it. And I also want to eat more truffle because, <laughs> oh my God, truffle. <laughs> so coming off of truffle and into another um, plant, that's a transition, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you nailed it. The next, uh, the next Pokemon who is explicitly based on food who we've got here in this fine collection uh, was introduced, I think, the same day, like when they were putting out teasers about the game months yeah. ago, uh, as Lechonk, and that is Smoliv. Smoliv is a small olive. It also looks sad and concerned. It is also <laughs> very good and round. Also a perfect boy. Also perfect. Uh, it evolves into a larger uh, plant that has olives on it, and then an even larger plant with olives on it. <laughs> it's kind of perfect, honestly. I, I I have no criticisms of this thing. I love it. It's simple. It's silly. It uh, It is so, so true to the region. Like, there is nothing... To me, like... If I go somewhere and they're like, we have like a Spanish blank on the menu or a Portuguese blank on the menu, I, whatever whatever the next word is, I'm going to assume there's going to be whole olives involved. Because like nine <laughs> times out of ten, that's true. <laughs> and you can't go wrong. Yeah, you really can't. They're delicious. It, I, I like I understand some people don't like to eat whole olives, but I feel mm. like even the people who don't like to eat whole olives will enjoy the benefits of having olives soak in the sauce of the thing, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to come out with you with, this is going to be my spicy take. Okay. okay. Um, I, I was with a friend and like her cousin and the cousin could only eat kosher food. So she was like, cupcake decks. Do you mind if we order from the one kosher pizza place? I'm like, sure. No problem. Whatever. Dex, do you mind if we get the olive pizza? Mm. Tom, the olive pizza is a pizza that has nothing but olives on it. No cheese? No sauce? Cheese and sauce. Okay, okay. And then just a layer of olives. Like, the same amount of cheese, that amount of olives. Oh. Like, equal parts sauce, cheese, olives. (laughs) And, oh my god, uh... I am obsessed. It was so, so good. I don't think I can convince anyone else to eat this pizza with me, but it was so good. Olives are wonderful. I love them. I would apparently just eat them on a pizza by themselves. Now, like, I'm so curious about this. Is it Was it just one kind of olive or did they at least like mix green and black? Like what was... No, it was just one kind of olive. That's, That's incredible. It. Just, just, just a bunch <laughs> of little baby, just little slivers of black olive all oh. across the pizza. Like, perfect. That rules. It was excellent. Like, as a kid, my favorite pizza was a Hawaiian pizza with black olives. So I would get, you know, the ham, the pineapple, or the bacon, the pineapple, depending on, you know, the place. Uh, And then I would get black olives added to it. And that was my jam. Like, I love, I love that. So honestly, I would eat the olive pizza with you. It's (laughs) it's a ridiculous thing, but I would eat it, I think. Yes. Oh, oh. we're we're bringing them over. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes. That's wonderful. Also, I, I've never actually had a Hawaiian pizza before, but a Hawaiian pizza with bacon and pineapple and olives sounds killer. That what, sounds so good. What if we do a Hawaiian pizza where we ditch the bacon and replace it with brisket? <laughs> Let's do it. I'm ready. Oh my God, that sounds so good. I'm so into this idea. That sounds really yes. good. Yes. Oh my gosh. 
All right. So so no no criticism about the small live line. The small live line is perfect. <sighs> I I also appreciate. I will say that the final stage of uh, of small live is uh, Arboliva Arboliva. I don't know. You know what? I haven't looked at them yet. I I was like trying in the lead up to this podcast. I was like, let me see if I can catch a small live and like evolve it and evolve okay, that. Okay. Couldn't even couldn't even catch one. So I haven't actually seen them yet. But I'm so excited because more olive is wonderful. That's it. And it's it's Pokedex description tells us that it does. In fact, uh, it's a compassionate Pokemon that shares its delicious nutrient rich oil with weakened Pokemon. And I think that's wonderful because like one thing about olives, olive oil, one of the best oils. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. Good for you. Good Tastes incredible. You can get a really wide variety of it, I've discovered since starting to work at an Italian restaurant. And oh, hell yeah. also, good for your skin. Like, I don't know. What? Yeah, you can rub it on your skin and it does wonders. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sh- shout out to Smoliv, the most delicious and useful Pokemon, I guess. Oh my gosh, Smoliv oil. I'm ready. Also, fun f- Fun fact, uh, shiny Smoliv, the, the alternative form of Smoliv that's a special color, It's I think its body is the same with its same saddle expression, but the olive on top of its head, instead of being a green olive, is a black olive. It's perfect. It's so good. It's exactly how it. it should be. Staying in plant mode, we have uh, the next edible food Pokemon here in uh, Scarlet and Violet, Capsicid, who... Uh, is a little little birdie guy, I guess, little little dino bird kind of some kind of Drake certainly, uh, who is based on the hot pepper. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen this one yet. I it, guess I'm gonna have to Google it. It's very cute. <gasps> it's it's oh almost like uh, it's like a reverse Togepi. Like it, it seems to have like an eggshell on its head, or maybe that's like the start of a flower. I'm not I'm not entirely clear. Oh my gosh. Oh, what a what a baby! Oh, that's phenomenal! Oh, that's so good! Um, yeah, it it produces spicy chemicals when it hangs out in the sun, and it becomes more powerful because of that. Uh, and then it evolves into a two-headed hot pepper monster thing that uh, is also incredible and spicy. Oh, gosh, that's phenomenal! What the heck? I love it! And uh, on evolving, it gains fire typing, so it you know gets extra burning and powerful and i love this because like just like smoliv there is a lot of like chili pepper and and spicy peppers involved in spanish and portuguese cuisine so it's kind of perfect like between the two of them you you really have uh you've got a good flavor profile going oh my gosh i love that so much that's phenomenal how good yeah you know i thought that um that the starter pokemon fuecoco a lot of people were 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 uh considering the possibility that that might evolve into a spicy boy and i i don't actually know yet for all i know it still might but i'm glad that there is at least one other good spicy boy in this pokedex (laughs) it's phenomenal who did you start with by the way i can't believe we haven't covered this yet oh my gosh how have we not i did start with fue coco and i have not yet evolved it okay (laughs) <laughs> I um I have not yet had a chance to buy the game. I think I'm going to get it uh, 
like later this this year for some holiday times. Um, but I've been leaning, I think, toward Fue Coco as well. If only because, so I've already seen the final stages. I won't spoil them for huh. you. But I okay. think I think you made the right call in terms of design. I think the other <laughs> two final stages are kind of dorky. So I think you, <laughs> you picked the right one as far as I'm concerned. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to see all the Miss Ender chose Sprigatito. And I already, like, we did see its middle form. That one's super duper cute. Quaxley's middle form. I did get to see that one. Also pretty, pretty weird, but pretty cute. Like I'm here for it. Pretty so I'm cute. excited. It's the it's the final stages for both of them where they really uh I don't know. <laughs> like there's there's no bad food, but there is bad Pokemon design. Oh no. <laughs> We're renaming the podcast. No bad Pokemon. It's not true. Don't listen, audience. Everyone's good and nice and perfect. <laughs> um, there's a pokemon for everyone and a person for every pokemon exactly uh next up we have there are a lot of fish we're not going to talk about the fish today probably the fish are edible but let's be real they're fish they're they're going to be edible uh fish is a fish <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh the next one that is like explicitly food um is a pokemon who when I first saw this thing like teased and leaked, I thought it had to be a joke. I thought maybe it was like a piece of scenery or something. Uh, <laughs> no, it is a real Pokemon. Its name is Nackley, and it is a salt Pokemon. Yeah, it, it's a little salt rock that definitely was made to look a little bit like the uh, like one up mushrooms in Mario. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And uh, it evolves into what can best be described as Minecraft. Um, <laughs> like oh my gosh it's it's an abomination and i love it uh and i i think there's something really wonderful about a pokemon who is salt based uh partly because you know salt is important uh and also Mm -hmm. because in the pokedex description for its final form garganical uh it says that uh it will rub its fingertips together and sprinkle injured pokemon with salt uh, which I think is hilarious, but apparently it does this to heal them, which is fascinating to me. Because, Rubbing salt in the wound to heal? Yeah, I. That's so interesting to me because, like, I I simultaneously think it's very silly and also think it makes a lot of sense. Oh my gosh, that's phenomenal! I mean, like salt, it, it's like a purifying thing. Like it, it will sort of clean the wound. Yeah. That's kind of why it burns, right? Yeah. Oh, but exactly. it's also tenderizing tenderizing the wound. Well, that's it. And and I'm a little skeptical because its middle stage evolution apparently dry cures its prey by spraying salt all over them. So I'm oh like, what what exactly? Like I I guess we also have our first like kosher butcher pokemon in the process here. <laughs> you know what? Thank goodness for Pokémon. <laughs> it's about damn time. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I haven't gotten to evolve my Knackley, but my my Twitch audience was telling me, uh, you know, when, when I was looking at the ice creams in Pokemon, I was like, what is a Knackley ice cream? Is that a flavor I've never heard of? They're like, don't worry, you will you will meet this and you will appreciate it. Like, yes. And also salt ice cream. We're going to have to talk about this. Oh yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to get into that for sure. Uh, speaking of things that involve salt and sprinkles thereof, uh, next up we have uh, Fido, who is Fido. Uh, a dog who's made of bread. He's a bread dog. Oh my god! How do you a feel about it? A beautiful, perfect boy. As oh a baker, gosh. have you? Are you going to make Fido? You've got to make Fido, right? I've, I immediately, like the week Fido was announced, I was like, "We're making Fido bagels, baby!" <laughs> oh 
My gosh, I'd never made bagels from scratch. For this boy, I would do it any day of the week. <laughs> How did it go? He's, it, you know, they came out okay. I tried to do a Montreal style because I'm sorry, Americans. New York style bagels, they're just never going to compare Canada for life. Like Montreal bagels are the way to go. Sure. Uh, delicious. Yes, we. I, I basically try to arrange my homemade bagels into the sh- into the shape of Fido's face. Um, we can debate how well that went, but I will say <laughs> he was delicious. <laughs> and that's what matters most, right? Exactly. <laughs> Though another Pokemon food baker friend of mine, uh, Professor Rosemary, and I actually collaborated on this. And what he did was to make his Fido. He made sweet buns Ooh. and... Oh my gosh, also arranged those into the face of a Fido and was incredibly cute, probably cuter than Bagel Fido, which is okay. They both were like, seemed delicious and I'm very excited about both. Just, oh, what a joy. What a joy. I love that. Um, And then we've got Fido evolves into Dash Bun, who is also (gasps) a dog made of bread. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into it. (laughs) So good. He's like beautiful, this beautiful toasty color. He's got these like big, like challah bread ears. Like, oh, I love him so much. It's just like A plus design. Yeah. So, so good. I was going to say, it seems to me like, like it gets the, the dough of Fido gets fortified when it evolves, right? Like for sure. There's something extra. There's some extra fat in there that's making it a little bit like more. I don't know, flavorful, voluminous, <laughs> dense at the same time. Yeah. I actually really do like the idea that like Fido is more like like these buns, like especially like Asian style buns, where it's like uh what's the what's this called? Dash bun? Yeah, dash bun is more like I don't know, like Western style like breads almost. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. Steam oh there we wait, wait, steamed versus baked, I think is what I'm going for. Steamed steamed versus baked breads. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put that out there. That seems right to me. Cause Fido Fido to me almost is like a yeast po- like it's a sourdough Pokemon. Whereas <gasps> Dash Bun is like a like an actual baked bread. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. Now, I wish Fido could be my starter. Yeah. Drum fill. You you can. It, it could be. You got to force it a little bit. You got to get one traded to you real, real quick. But you can, no, one's, no one can stop you. You yeah. can start with whoever you want. That's it. A little sourdough starter. I feel a little bad about that one. I'm not going to, yeah, that, it was a, it was a rage. <laughs> the pun just hit me. Sourdough starter. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, you yes. Please do this this run through this playthrough. Um, all food Pokemon. All food. Yes. I mean that that has to happen for me. I don't think there's any like question for me. Like I'm going to have the food team. That's it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and then they can help you make sandwiches and other exactly. delicious foods, which is important. I get paid to make sandwiches in real <laughs> life, so <laughs> I'm looking oh, forward to doing re- it in the game. <laughs> You better be really, really good at it in the game. Everyone's going to be watching. All those NPCs are going to gather around during your picnics. They're going to be like, so uh, why do you get paid? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, depressing. Uh, You know, it's not depressing. Toad school. Oh, my gosh. I um, kind of yelled last night when I found it, and Miss Editor yelled at me because it was past 1 a.m. So... (laughs) 
what what a boy um is this food is this pokemon food so, tell us about toad school so yeah so this is interesting so toad school is uh a like distant relative of the first generation pokemon tentacool um but this one it is not the same pokemon it is not a regional variant it just looks very similar uh it's the same thing like wiglet and diglet exactly uh and this one is a uh woodier mushroom pokemon uh who walks on silly little legs and i think runs around really fast when you yes. encounter it in real life which i think is it's incredible amazing. it's so good and yeah it, it it is edible um it in the pokedex description it says that its flaps fall from its body and are chewy and delicious uh, oh, yeah. now i don't know what flaps means here but but i i don't know i'm guessing it just like sheds part of its meat i guess it's it's i think it's supposed to be a mushroom instead of a jellyfish is that a thing that mushrooms do so like maybe i don't know (laughs) (laughs) mushrooms are weird like mushrooms do what they want you know who are we to question what mushrooms can and can't do true they do what they want um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely am not sure uh, but like it makes sense to me that like you know mushrooms definitely spore and and spread themselves and I I can mm. see like dropping a little bit of yourself <laughs> what I do know is that they're edible and tasty apparently uh, and <laughs> when they evolve into toads cruel which is also very good um let's see they gain the ability to wrap their tentacles around their prey to suck out their nutrients uh, and also the folds along the rim of its head are a popular delicacy so again a pokemon that you harvest directly from and eat and like i don't know if i've had this conversation on the show before but mushrooms are interesting because they're like not a plant and also not an animal you know, they they really skirt the line between the two. Uh, yeah, there's like nothing else like them. And there's like so little that we understand about mushrooms, like mysterious. Yeah. And so for me, like, I think Toad School is maybe like slightly more on the on the animal side just by virtue of being a Pokemon. But like <laughs> and having legs. Yeah. <laughs> Running around like a little scamp. So I don't know. I, I I don't know. I I love it. I would eat it. I think. Yeah. Look, they they just fall off. I I'm going to assume it's the same rules as like, um, Tropius, who has bananas hanging from his chin. Mm. Like, it causes no damage to the Pokemon. Like, they just fall off. Like that that seems totally fine, and you don't even have to chase after him, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, I, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. I I, enc- I so encourage anyone who has seen Tentacool before and has not seen this, please just look up a, a gif of Tenta- of Toad School just running around because it will just send you. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> it really... Fantastic. I had seen, like, photos of it, and then, like, maybe yesterday, all of a sudden, I saw a gif of it running, and I cried. It's so silly. <laughs> it's... It's... I, Nothing will prepare you, truly. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's it for our Pokemon that are explicitly food. I We made it sound like there were a ton. There are like six lines of Pokemon, but that means there's like 10. But honestly, when a new game introduces maybe like 50 or 60 new ones and 10 of them are food, it feels like a win for those of us who like food Pokemon, you know? Truly. It's exciting. I love it. It's so much fun inspiration and places to go. Exactly. Pokemon places to, eat. places to run with our silly little mushroom legs. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick hop over to the mid-roll, and then when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, the other side of edible Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet. Okay, folks, welcome to the mid-roll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of Noshvember, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. You may have heard me mention Noshvember a minute ago. Noshvember is our uh, now <laughs> brand new inaugural month-long Instagram post challenge where we are encouraging you, our listeners, and our audience, and our friends and family to post about food that you are eating and enjoying and making and ordering and in any capacity consuming uh, using the hashtag Noshvember. There are prompts for every day of this month and uh yeah it's just a fun way to kind of connect with the community see what people are eating and cooking and uh you know talk each other up hype each other up eat together when we can't really eat together because we're not necessarily in the same place right uh so yeah if that's interesting to you go on instagram find the hashtag noshvember and if you're posting about it you know tag us at no bad food pod the only other thing I want to mention here in the mid-roll is that we do have merch, so if you're interested in getting our bear slapped on a piece of clothing or a mug or something with our show name on it, you know, the whole logo, etc., uh, go to the merch link in the description of this episode and get some from our network's merch store, the Pod Cavern merch store. We've got a lot of good stuff. There's a really good snapback that I've got that I wear sometimes when I'm not wearing my work hat. <laughs> um, we've got, like... Uh, aprons I, I wear one of our aprons there's like three different kinds of aprons actually there's like a kid-sized one and like a more artisanal one and more classic it's cool get, get an apron you can you can wear a no bad food apron while you're in the kitchen and then when you know your your housemates come home and they're like oh what you cooking today you can be like well i'll tell you what i'm not cooking bad food uh so that's it you know uh, get get some merch all right that's it for me here in the mid-roll let's get back to our conversation about the food of pokemon scarlet and violet all right, so we're back here for the second half of our show, chatting with Cupcake Dex, the Cupcake Dex, the one, the only Cupcake Dex. Uh, I was thinking here in the second half of the show, we should talk a little about the actual food from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, right? Because uh, just like in the past generations of games, these ones include uh, food that you can purchase uh, and also cooking mechanics uh, and even restaurants that your character can visit for various stat boosting treats and I know you tried making a couple of recipes based on them like last week right? Yeah it's super cool so like it's very cool within this game the first big city that you hit has tons of shops like individual shops that each sell different foods like up to like five or six um there's everything from like sandwiches and churros and like tortillas and desserts and coffees all kinds of really cool stuff uh so when i was going through them my twitch chat was like you have to make some of these right. all live on the internet and i was like yes actually i 
I think I am now ethically obliged to, which is really exciting because a lot of this stuff was like, uh, apparently I'm not familiar enough with like Spanish cuisine because a lot of it was stuff that like I wasn't really familiar with, which sure. is super exciting and like a cool excuse to try some new things. Yeah, that's it. And and I think that's one of the things that they like, I think that's a beautiful thing that they gave us with this game is the attention to detail of like cultural relevance, right? Because I, mm. I know like in Sword and Shield, which were based on like the UK, they gave us like a curry making mechanic which is cute uh and then in sun and moon they gave us it was based on hawaii i think so they gave us like hawaiian hawaiian donut things yeah and like that was great too but they didn't they haven't ever really gone to this length to like build the world with food and i think Mm -hmm. that was a really intentional choice and i i really appreciate it yeah, I love that so much. Typically with every generation, like up until a few generations ago, there would be maybe like one or two new foods, often in the form of like Pokemon items, such as like the Malasadas. Like there'd be a little cutscene where you would be quote unquote like eating your Malasada, but you'd be mostly giving it to your Pokemon to like increase uh, their affection, things like that. Right. In previous games to that, there were things like Poffins where you would give your Pokemon these little bread buns that would increase their um, uh, their cuteness or their smartness or their coolness or their toughness stuff like that um but usually it was like you know a couple of items in each game whereas this one really really built up the world in terms of the food which is so exciting because i i thrive off of this stuff and it was just so exciting going to all these different shops and seeing all the different things especially because each one is accompanied by a little photo and sometimes the food was arranged to actually look like a pokemon such as pikachu lemon sorbet or palmy salisbury steak yeah that's it and i i that's something i wanted to talk about for sure with this is like not only are a bunch of these like opportunities to eat pokemon uh which we will talk about (laughs) but there are ones yeah like you said that are are served in dishes that are shaped like pokemon or are are themselves shaped like pokemon um one that stood out to me was uh there's a like in one of the restaurants later on so a lot of the food is uh like based on like spanish and portuguese food but there's also like random like asian food as well uh which makes Mm -hmm. sense you know um but one of them seems to be from a place that sells hot pot and tea and soups and one of the dishes is a house special hot pot um that has an exceedingly rich flavor and has ingredients that are a secret um and it's like kind of nondescript in the photo but if you take a look at the bowl that it's served in it's like they there's this kind of classic blue and white ceramic that i'm sure everybody has seen at least once in some like in some form that has like just simple but like elegant little paintings in blue and white of you it's usually like horses and flowers and stuff uh but this one has an electros which is uh one of the pokemon from a previous generation that's like an electric eel uh mm-hmm. and i if i could fi- if i know anyone who like makes <laughs> like ceramic wear like this uh who would be interested in making one of those hit me up because like i might be interested in commissioning something like that because i think it's really beautiful me too, please. I would like this too. 
Um, let's talk about uh, the ones that involve actually eating Pokemon because I think we need to, right? <laughs> we <laughs> have important. to. We can't not talk about it. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, right, right here off the top, uh, one of the dishes is cloth al ajio, which is, uh, I believe, Spanish for in garlic. Uh, now, I I think the vibe I get from this is that it's. Uh, kind of just a big crab claw that's been like sauteed in garlic and butter and seems to be served with like mushrooms and brushels brushel sprouch mush <laughs> mush and brush as, as they say um, it looks like there's like a sauce or of some kind too or a broth maybe yeah well so the description Sorry. of it says that it has a leftover oil that's good on pasta so i think the what i what i'm getting here is i think they maybe cook the claw in like Maybe olive oil and garlic. Small of oil, of course. Small of oil, that's it. And then uh, serve it up like that. And then, yeah, you can drizzle the, the leftovers on stuff. Um, this is beautiful. This is simple. This is, like, elegant and tasty. But then they also plate it with a piece of paper underneath, which to me really speaks of, like, this being kind of just like a, like a simple meal, like, come get it for lunch kind of, like... I don't know. Nothing fancy. Yeah, exactly. And I love that because it, yeah. it, it kind of, it feels like it crosses or it feels like it straddles that line a little bit of like, this is like classy street food almost. Yeah. It's interesting. When when I think of like eating crab, it used to be that it was like very much a poor person's meal. Right. right. And only uh, over time did it become like considered like very fancy to have crab and lobster. So that that's so interesting. That's such an interesting point. Yeah, well, that's it. That That's why I think, like, uh, I, I think that's the thing that makes it kind of beautiful is that it is, like, it's it's something that they can present in a way that's really lovely while giving it that nod to its, like, humble origin, you know? I like that. I would uh, eat this one. 10 oh, on 10. Me too. Especially because I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like, given that a lot of crabs, like, shed claws... <laughs> oh, yeah! I would, like, maybe even be willing to venture a guess that, like cloth doesn't like have to be butchered in order to have its claw removed like maybe it just drops it once in a while you know <laughs> like a slow poke tail almost. exactly exactly maybe. although that does raise the question of team rocket you know doing their thing oh. and taking matters into their own hands being nasty being yeah nasty. but yeah so so that one i think is is particularly tasty looking i'm into it yeah, um, I could go for that. Oh no, it does says a cloth can draw can grow back its claws if it loses them. Oh. In some parts of Caldea region, cloth claws are used for cooking. Heck there yeah! Oh, perfect. So so good. So we can like believe that it loses its claw, maybe gives its claw <laughs> willingly to the restaurant. Every single one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's hand wave that and hope it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. I'm I'm satisfied. What else we got? Uh, the next one is uh, pickled toad school and cucumber. Ooh, let's see. Let's so, find a photo. That seems to be served at a place called the Jade Palace Garden. Uh, seems to do a lot of tofu and Asian inspired dishes. To me, this is this is a lovely thing. I my family has your Eastern European roots up the wazoo, and pickled <laughs> cucumber is such a like. It's just such a, a mainstay, you know, uh, mm. not just in the form of like a like a pickle pickle, but also like pickle salads that have or um, cucumber salads rather that have been pickled or brined. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea of like a pickled mushroom and cucumber thing is very appealing to me. Um, 
and yeah, I, I just think it, it seems like it's maybe also served up with like yellow bell pepper on there. And like that also rules. I don't know. Like I'm just looking mm-hmm. at this and I'm like, yeah, all right. Give me this like acidic little vegetable medley that's also made of a guy who runs fast. Like I, I'm, I'm in, I'm sold. <laughs> it's definitely like you have some really nice colors in here. You got like the pink, you got the green, you got the yellow. This looks like a, a I love a colorful dish. It does look like a good time. Yeah, it's hmm. that's that's what you need, you know. There's some I heard some theory that like the more colors you eat on your plate at a time, the healthier you'll be in the long term. And I don't know <laughs> what like actual truth is behind that, but I like it. I think it makes sense. I like that. The description is that the dish is perfect as a palate cleanser and the unobtrusive acidity is very comforting. Yeah. Well, that's it, right? You get a little flash of acid in your mouth in between bites of other stuff. It uh mm. yeah. It works. Okay, that that sounds really good. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the way to make this one real, I think you since it's based on the woodier mushroom, I guess you just got to pickle some woodier mushrooms and, you know. Oh man, I've never had pickled mushrooms. I'm so or like pickled cucumbers, I don't think I've had either. I'm really? so intrigued by this. One. Oh yeah. man. I'm going to send you a recipe for a like cucumber salad that I make. I think <gasps> if you like, do you like pickles? I do. Yeah. So I think you'll probably like it. It's uh it's very I mean it's it's basically like mandolin thin sliced cucumber that like soaks in vinegar and then there's like salt and uh I usually do mm. oh, what's it called? Sumac on top afterwards. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Also really I good. did I did just realize that I said I'd never had a pickled cucumber before and that is a wild sentence for me, a Jewish person to say. I, I was going to say <laughs> incredibly false, incredibly not true. But like, but there, I feel like there is definitely a difference between like a pickle, like like a mm. gherkin kind of pickle, and a like pickled cucumber, right? That's my assumption. Yeah, where it's like you know, like a cucumber that's been soaking in vinegar is not necessarily a pickle in the same way that like you open up a jar of Bix and it's pickles, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to so, try. Uh, yeah, I, I think oh. you're. I think you're in the clear. There is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to try this coin, though. Oh, oh my yeah, god! It's nice. mm. uh, all right, then we've got uh, one you alluded to earlier. That is the knackle ice cream or the knackley ice cream, I believe. Yes. Uh, which is uh, not directly a piece of the Pokemon, but it uses salt produced by the Pokemon. But when the Pokemon is salt, I don't know. I don't know if that distinction actually matters. I'm not. I'm not really sure where it breaks down. That's true. Let me. Let's let's find the photo. Does it look like? Oh, I like that the colors are definitely inspired by Nackley. Hmm. Is it? It's probably is just the salt. I wonder what other flavors are in there. I love that they like designed it to look like these like shades of brown just like knackley oh so i'm reading its pokedex description seems to imply that it constantly generates salt inside of its body and the outside of its body scrapes along the ground and falls off as it moves around so i think if you're eating ice cream that's made with its salt you are eating its flesh like like plain and simple if this if this pokemon is a constantly regenerating salt lump then anytime you eat salt from its body you are eating its flesh basically oh goodness so it's a little it's a little closer to toad school than uh one might otherwise assume huh yeah just a little bit <laughs> just a little 
Oh my gosh. I mean, it sounds delicious, even if it is made of knackly flesh, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> oh. I, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I love ice cream with salt in it. Like, if it's like a salted caramel or like something with like chunks of brownie, you know? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Pretzels in there. Mmm. Yeah, or just like a salted caramel. I mean, especially if it's like a sea salt caramel. Come on. Yeah, that's it. I'm also seeing that the same ice cream shop in this game has a teriyaki ice cream. If you weren't going to mention it, I was. That sounds so good. I am so intrigued. Like, I know a lot of people are like, what? That's not my thing. I I need it. I want this very badly. Um, Yes, put it give it to me yes yeah absolutely well like i've had ice cream with um like balsamic vinegar reduction on it so like a (sighs) like a cooked down balsamic vinegar that gets a little sweeter and thicker right and uh that's really really good and like a little unorthodox and i feel like obviously it's a very different flavor profile and a different balance of of flavors but i think that's maybe the direction that they were trying to go for with this is like teriyaki instead you know because it is like it's a sweet and salty like mm-hmm. yeah it's less acidic that's, i'm so so intrigued it's like that sounds so cool i mean it could be terrible they're full full possibility it could be terrible but sure. also it's probably really really good if you like ice cream and teriyaki which yeah. i do well that's it right and it's like I, i'm trying to imagine what flavor the ice cream itself is because it seems here that the the sauce is teriyaki right mm. so like is the ice cream just vanilla is it like a caramel like what what flavor would i almost wonder like would like a red bean ice cream be good with teriyaki sauce on top of it oh unfortunately that would be where you lose me i wish i liked red bean more than i do sure yeah i mean i get that it's it's not something i seek out when i had when it's like the ice cream option at a place i'm like all right let's do it i i just googled teriyaki ice cream and one of the first results was the teriyaki ice cream trend is taking over instagram from last year apparently okay so so maybe this is Pokemon letting us know that they pay attention. Maybe. Oh no, but the oh, teriyaki, that's teriyaki is different that's than different. Ter- teriyaki. That's the the fish-shaped dessert that is not in in any way involving fish to be clear. Uh it's a delicious pastry with like the mouth you just fill it up with ice cream. Yeah. That sounds like a good time, but yeah. I want I want teriyaki. But I want yeah, I want teriyaki ice cream. We might have to go to Bethesda to Bethesda, get it. Bethesda, where is that? Uh, it says MD. I don't Maryland. know what state. Maryland? There we go. All right. I knew <laughs> it sounded familiar. Look, honestly, I don't hate the idea of, of teriyaki ice cream. There seems I'm to be one in it. Flushing, New York as well. Oh, my gosh. Let's go. Teriyaki and corn on the cob at Max and Mina's. That's wild. Yeah. I would still try both of those things. Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, the only other one that I wanted to mention here... Um, is not about uh, the f- Pokemon side of it at all. Uh, but there is a sushi shop in uh, in this game that sells something called the four-piece sushi bird set. Um, that's very cute. I guess there's Pokemon on this one. It counts. Uh, two mm-hmm. of them. Two of them have uh, one. One's got Pikachu. One's got Eevee. Uh, and then the other ones have uh, those, meatballs. Those ones just have their faces in it, de- decoratively done. Very, very cool. And you split open the sushi, you see Pikachu and Eevee. You're not actually eating them, but yeah, it's cute. I like it. Uh, yeah. But then the other two have meatballs and pizza. Yeah, and- sushi pizza. 
pizza nonetheless. Is it sushi well, pizza? It looks like just cheese. It looks like a cheese pizza on top of a piece of sushi. Oh, gosh, you are right, actually. Oh, and no. I'm a little horrified, but also, like, sure, you know, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> it's It can't hurt. Yeah. Might as well. It is a tiny piece of pizza. You're right. I, oh, I kind of love it, I think. I think I kind of love it. I mean... I would try it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I would try that. Yeah, that's what? it. Like, I, I I, see the appeal. I get it. All these look good. They it's do. certainly, it, they, uh, most of them, at least like half of them, I would say. There's there's four of these four-piece sets, and like two, at least two of them involve sushi that definitely uses some fish, which kind of goes back to the conversation from earlier of fish. What What fish? <laughs> Yeah, it like that's it. It's it's definitely a Pokemon, right? Oh, whoa! It's I'm seeing be. another one later later on in the list here that has uh, seemingly just a huge huge chunk of brie on top of it. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I'm into that. Dang, which one is this? Uh, this seems to be the exclusive por- uh, exclusive four piece sushi Gropel set. I don't know what that what? is. Yeah. What? So, so an important question for you before we wrap things up, of the uh, of the foods here uh, in the the restaurant list, and of the food Pokemon who are food, what like what is the most inspiring to you as a as a baker, as an eater of food, as someone who likes to make things? What's like what's on your list? You know, what do you have to try from here in oh, real man. life? So, so far, we made the potato tortillas, which were just delicious. And we made the Alpha Hero uh, cookie sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And both were, like, very simple and so delicious. Like, And I, I never would have tried them if not for Pokemon. So sure. already feeling so inspired. I, I, like, there's so much I'm just so excited for. Oh, my. What were the? There were definitely some that, like, were, like, that spoke to me. And now I couldn't tell you what they were. Let's see. Oh, like so much. Salisbury steak is so intriguing. That seems to be a very Japanese thing where it's kind of like they take hamburger meat and like at a lot of these like, especially like Hello Kitty cafes and the Pokemon cafes that are very popular in Japan. They'll like decorate a Salisbury steak with like uh, cheese and with veggies to look like a character face. Right. It doesn't sound delicious, but I do feel like I need to try it sure. at least once. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Salisbury steak is like a tried and true thing, right? It's it's it's. I don't like, know what it is. What is that? So it's uh, if you've ever heard of the Hamburg steak, which is the origin, the like origin of the hamburger, right? Where you just have ground beef in the shape of a steak patty, and then you you know. Uh like that um so a salisbury steak is is the same thing but you know that i i think just has a slightly different origin uh oh it's named after a guy it's named <laughs> after a guy who who started um, doing it with gravy instead of uh you know treating it like a steak i guess i don't know mm. it's it's a slightly <laughs> different version of the the hamburg steak um and like that's good you know I think there's mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that for sure. It's probably real simple, real cheap to make too. Like in terms of proteins on this list, it's probably going to be one of the easier ones budget wise. So mm, that's good to know. Certainly, yeah. that I I would love to make teriyaki ice cream. Sure. Gosh. Do you have an like, ice cream maker? No. Okay, because that's that's probably the harder part. 
Probably. Because <laughs> you, you could just buy like drumstick, like pre-made ice cream cones from the grocery store freezer section and put some teriyaki sauce on top of them and try that. <laughs> what a meal. What a, what a time that would be. <laughs> a little $8 experiment for you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, the, the spicy potatoes. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that just sounds good. And like, oh, just a whole bunch of things sound really tasty. I would love to make more... Uh, Fido and Dosh bun foods. Sure. I think that's like so fun. And like, I love olives. Maybe I might just have to make a small of pizza, Tom. Sure. I might just have to do it. Sure. Is that a, you know, sauce, cheese, pizza with uh, black olives arranged in the shape of small olive on it? Or black I and green, so. maybe? I think so. You could maybe even shape the, if you're really feeling adventurous, shape your pizza crust to look like a small live. I like that. I like that. No one can stop us. Why not? The, we're, have, we're making art. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Have the crust shaped like small live and have the olives decorating it shaped like its evolutionary line. Oh my gosh. You want to get really meta with it. Oh, there's so much excellent possibility. <laughs> I, I love this generation. I love what they have brought to the table. You might even say. <laughs> they really uh, served up a delicious collection of Pokemon. Hey. I lost that one a little bit. Um, <laughs> Dex, thank you so much for joining us on No Bad Food this week. Thank you for uh, joining me on this little journey through... I'm sorry, I just saw that they have an egg sandwich. <laughs> egg sandwich? It's just oh, a it's sandwich like a, with a bunch like, of it's eggs. It's boiling? Yeah. <laughs> eggs and, and zucchini, it looks like. Um <laughs> I can't think of anyone I would have rather done this with, frankly. Uh, you were a perfect uh, travel compa- What what do what are Ash's friends called? The uh, twerps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're my favorite twerp. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on the Pokemon food of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the Pokemon games from the eighth, ninth generation, the current generation of Pokemon? I've lost count. I'm just so excited. In Gen 8, I was so happy they introduced what is now one of my favorite new Pokemon, Alchemy, who's based on Whipped Cream. So good. There was a tea Pokemon. And like, I was like, it doesn't get better than this. Like, we have reached the apex of food Pokemon. Like, I can die happy. And then a whole new generation comes along and they're like, here's a whole more smorgasbord. <laughs> and like, uh, it it's so exciting. I'm so happy. And just all the food Pokemon. And uh, please confuse my ethics of whether or not we should eat and cook Pokemon. Yes, I'm here for this. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? It's, it's one of those things where I think a lot of these, a lot of the Pokemon in this generation seem like they want to be eaten. Or at the very least, like, they're okay with being eaten. It seems like it. It used, to, it used to be like, oh, you probably shouldn't eat Charmeleon. Now it's like, here, you should eat these guys. We want you to eat these guys. <laughs> this guy is just dropping parts of himself when he walks anyway. You might as well use it to season your food. You may as well. It's economical. <laughs> exactly. It's part of the whole it's part of the whole ecosystem, really. I love it. I am going to have to try. I, I'm looking at, like... There's a Mapo tofu and a pepper steak that are both from the same restaurant here as the Pickled Toad School and Cucumber. And honestly, that trio there sounds perfect to me. Ooh, we're going to plan out a whole meal for the Paldea region food tour. I love it. Love it. I also really want some pizza sushi. Yeah. <laughs> 
just teriyaki ice cream when just because i think pizza sushi would upset every culture involved in it you know (laughs) (laughs) including the person eating it no matter where they're from no one escapes unscathed from this pizza sushi (laughs) Uh, before i let you go do you have anything you want people to check out where can people find you on the socials what's your twitch handle all the things now is the time for them yeah uh if you're still on twitter that's wonderful i'm there too i'm (laughs) cupcake decks i'm on instagram uh, if you're an old person like me, I'm on Facebook. Or if you're a person who is once young and is now old and is now young again, I'm on Tumblr. I've been on Tumblr the longest. Oh. I'm Cupcake Decks everywhere. And most importantly, I stream every single Thursday Pokemon gaming and every Sunday Pokemon baking on twitch.tv slash Cupcake Decks. Perfect. Yeah, man. The Twitter thing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Every episode, <laughs> I'm like, what's your Twitter handle? But also, will you still have a Twitter handle by the time this episode comes out? <laughs> Who knows, folks? Who knows? You know what? Follow me on TikTok instead. I'm also Cupcake Dex <laughs> there. Forget about twi- Twitter. Let's go to TikTok. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much once again for uh, joining me on this one. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, No Bad Foodies. All right, folks, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at No Bad Food Pod, and you can find me at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to make it happen. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Carlea, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, and Sarah. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. Do you want to hear us do a whole episode about Baia? you can we can make we'll do it give us money <laughs> that's that's it if that's exciting for you go to patreon.com slash no bad food pod to make it happen we also have merch and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at the pod cavern and of course you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend share it with someone who loves pokemon and uh maybe needs to know a little bit more about food share it with someone who loves food from spain and portugal and might not know that it has a connection to the new pokemon games maybe that'll get them excited about pokemon I don't know. Share it with a with a pal. <laughs> Share it with someone you would split an ice cream with. Our theme music is by Zach Knacklestack Ingles, and our cover art is by David If You Give a Mousehold a Cookie Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. See you next week. In December. That's weird. Just takes a little time It takes a little time It takes a little time with me I hope you don't mind We'll take it slow this time No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Have you ever seen those lists on the internet that's like top five sandwich toppings, top five movies of the year, top five celebrities who have a very punchable face? You know what I'm talking about. The point is, all these lists drive us crazy because we have no idea who made them and how they even narrowed down their top five list. That's where my podcast comes in. 
My name is Tung La and I am the host of Ranked, top five lists of stuff that don't matter. In every episode, with the help of a motley crew of self-proclaimed experts, we debate, battle, and work together, showing you the entire process of how we got there to create a top five list of any and every topic we can think of, like top five brunch menu items, top five fictional dogs, top five 90s songs, top five Steve's? The list goes on and on, and we will not rest till we rank basically everything. So join us every second Thursday in the pod cavern for ranked top five lists of stuff that don't matter. Top five, top five, top five. Hey there, I'm David. I'm Tess. I'm Giovanni. And I'm Greg. And we're Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. Each episode, we pick a topic, and each of us brings a video game that we think best fits that topic. Tune into the show to find out how Super Mario Land is all about travel. Or how Bloodborne is a game about sacrifice. Or how SimCity is actually a conspiracy to mine data about human infrastructure. No, we have to stop doing this right now. We're doing a a promo. Please stop. Intrigued? A little scared? Us too. Make sure to catch us every other Tuesday on your favorite podcatcher app. See you there.